It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. All right. The tea is hot. The conversation is hotter. (laughs) Welcome to the session here on the new Shine FM. I'm Scott here with uh, Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And today we address a topic that for radio people is meddling. Yeah, that's right. Are you a workaholic? Right. Or do you have one in the house? Well, my wife thinks so. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you if you have a radio person in the family, you have a workaholic mm-hmm. because yeah. it's a 24-7 business and we don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Yes. And it can be very difficult. Yes. Yeah. And you can be too close to the forest to see the trees and realize that uh, you really are. Yes, that is very true. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, before we jump in, Tom, we jump into God's word. Well, Scott, let's do that out of Psalm 127 verses one and two. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder's labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And in vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And so, Scott, there, when we talk about you rise up early and stay up late, that's kind of the MO of the workaholic said every morning show (laughs) radio (laughs) angie and friends i can tell you angie gets up at oh dark 30 oh my gosh i used to get up at oh dark 30 okay to be able to be on the air is the prep time that takes place well i get up at oh dark 30 right now myself scott but it's just go to the bathroom and go back to bed (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't feel alone now thank you Uh, said every man over the age of 50. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're going to talk about this, this idea of getting up early, staying up late and work, work, work. And are you a workaholic? And we're going to put a twist on it a little bit later on. So make sure you're, you know, there's your teaser to stay with us for the end of the show. That's right. And remember, if you jump in in the middle or you have somebody that, Hey, they need to hear this, right? It is available on the shine FM podcast network at shinefmohio.com, and I usually have it posted by the middle of the day on Thursday, give or take. Got it. So we're going to jump into something I found through inverse.com, and it's a story about a workaholic, and it seems to center around a study from 2017 that spanned 50 years of organizational psychology research on workaholism. They wanted to outline the clinical characteristics of workaholics so this group can get the help they need to avoid negative downstream effects of their life. Right. Okay. So I guess I I wanted to ask you first, have you dealt with workaholics in sessions? I certainly have. Yeah. What are these people like? I mean, is there a commonality 
to these folks? Well, if there there is, they oftentimes are tired. They're oftentimes also capable of saying, oh, I can do it. You need that done, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, I can get to it. And inside they're thinking, what did I just say? Yeah, how did I, <laughs> how did I do that? Yeah. Or how am I going to do that? Right. And, and so they can be very mentally tired. In the clinical field, in the field of counseling, we have to guard against that also. And thus the vice president comes in. That's right. She, she, when she heard what our topic was today, Scott, <laughs> she was very interested saying, gee, I'm wondering what, what are you going to learn about this? <laughs> yeah, you're going to apply any of this? Yeah. Which, which leads me to really something else. I guess at the risk of taking our first rabbit hole this early. Go ahead. What role does the spouse play in the workaholic's life? Well, you would hope a lot. You know, when we talk, if we take a page out of, of marriage therapy, Dr. Egrich talked about our wives want to feel loved, cha- cherished, not challenged. They, feel ch- they want to feel loved, challenged. <laughs> yeah, they probably would they agree probably with that. They are challenged. <laughs> That's right. Loved, cherished, valued, and important. So what they think and they feel, this is what's so amazing. If we value what they value as husbands, if it's important to us what's important to them, what they think is important and we find it important, they feel more loved. And when they feel more loved, their natural reaction is so in our life is that we're more respected. So when the feedback would come from our spouse and they would say, yeah, honey, I think you're working too much. Well, my wife would probably text me that because I probably feel work now. <laughs> because you were working. <laughs> but if we hear that and we listen, then they feel loved they feel important. And it's a support team. So I have a number of people on my support team that went back uh, year, or last spring and all and up until when I got sick this summer, I was probably seeing 40 to 45 people a week. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you do what you do, and that sounds like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Typically, a uh, full load in, in counseling coming out of seminary, they said, was 25. What are you thinking, Lottie? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Having been in heritage and and the early origins of of heritage, and you know, you hear the the term life work. Well, it was my life work. Right. And if it meant promoting heritage, if it meant networking heritage, if it meant seeing people. That's that's what you did. All right. So this idea of the workaholic, from this article on inverse.com is not a new thing. It goes back, apparently was first coined in 1971 by Wayne Oates, and he just used it to describe a worker who feels the compulsion to work incessantly. Right. Boy, that's that's a concise use of words. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> a uh, very good use of words. Pretty accurate. <laughs> they work ongoing. And what's amazing is once they get focused on it, they don't realize how time is flying. See, that's what happens to me in that next room uh-huh. in when, the production studio. I can go in there, you give me a script or you give me what you want me to do, shut the door and leave me alone. Six hours will go by and I won't even know it. That's right. Yeah. And, and whether or not you're hungry or not, it, to me... It's well, now, wait a minute. There are limits <laughs> to everything, Tom. <laughs> okay, some of us. <laughs> I'm the opposite. There, are, yeah. I know there are people that that will work right through meals. I'm a stress eater. Uh-huh. 
So as I'm working on something and I'm feeling the stress of something, I'm liable to go get a snack and bring it in. Got it. But let's unpack this one thing here. Scientists estimate that 10% of the United States adult population are workaholics. Right. Why does that sound low to me? I I can understand why you would think it, because there's probably a lot of people that are not reported. And so there are a number of them who are probably in denial that haven't really talked about the fact. I didn't know that many people went to Egypt. (laughs) That's right. Sorry. That's okay. That's today's dad joke. Feel free. (laughs) (laughs) And researchers have seen similar numbers in Japan, Australia, South Africa, and South Korea. And I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, these are all Western-ish countries where the capitalist idea has taken hold. Should that concern us at all? That's a great question, Scott. When we look at those countries, and, and you know, the one I, I'm I'm somewhat intrigued by uh, Africa and South Korea because, you know, I picture Africa and I think about, you know, what would it be? Uh, the jungle. The jungle and and Tarzan. Right. You know, but it, it, I don't see that as a thriving metropolitan. Maybe there is. And I'm yeah, not I, see, I think that South Africa, I think Johannesburg, uh-huh. Nelson Mandela, and that kind of thing. So I see it growing. Right. I guess the big influence of being part of the British Empire, I guess. Right. And I would think South Korea would be over the top of workaholism. I, it seems to me like they would. Yeah. Because, you know, I think about the, the sweatshops and that kind of thing. And See, now South Korea, I don't think about that. When I think sweatshop, I think China. Oh, okay, maybe or, or maybe some some Central American countries. Okay, so let's break down Tom into some of these things about what if you are a workaholic. The article refers to this Bergen or Bergen work addiction scale, right? Using seven criteria, and I guess what they want you to do is if you answer never, rarely, sometimes, often, and always to these, you can then determine if you are a workaholic. Yeah, if you do answer often or always in four to f- or five of these areas, then there's a great chance you're a workaholic. All right, let's let's run through them then. This is kind of, kind of a self-evaluation time. Right, for the listener right now, it's yes. a, a, really a great idea that they do that. All right, the first one. Maybe you can break these down for us as we go here, Tom. Sounds good. You think of how you can free up more time to work. Well, that's true. And then it becomes a matter of priorities. So the priority is working. Gee, if I, if I just went in on Saturday for three or four hours, <laughs> folks, Scott just confessed. Hand in the air. Yeah, that I could get more done. Well, okay, but what are you not doing? That's the big question. What priority is not happening because you're giving up that Saturday time? Okay, now I'm going to really be vulnerable here. Okay, it's okay. the session. Radio is a 24-hour business. Right. I have worked on Sunday. Okay. I have come up here on Sunday and done things. Okay. Uh, and to his credit, uh, the new owner of Shine FM, Mark, yeah, has informed me in no uncertain terms right. that I am not to do that. There you go. To so, his credit. So you work at home. No. <laughs> yeah, so you work at home. No. I didn't no. say that. I'm not going <laughs> to enable you, Scott. Yeah. Well, and, and that's good. You know, the scriptures talk about a day of rest for a reason. Right. And that's something I've neglected. That's when we listen to our wives. <laughs> okay, fine. 
No. I got that email from Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Yes. You spend much more time working than initially intended. There it is again. You get in the editing room and you have no idea that that time has passed. Even when I was working at home when I was under quarantine, I'd put on the headphones. My wife is working right over there on the other yeah. side of the bedroom. I put on the headphones and I would start doing production. And next thing I know, she's getting up for lunch and I'm like, what, where'd you go? <laughs> yeah. You mean it's lunchtime already? Yeah. Well, and, and there's times in late afternoon well, when I'll ask a patient, I said, what, what's the temperature like outside? Or is it snowing? Because all of a sudden I realized, you know, half a day or three fourths of the day is already gone. And I don't even, I haven't even been outside to even catch my uh, fresh air or yeah. breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I, that happens to me in the afternoon because the morning flies for me, just getting things done in the office right? in my classes. Yeah. So I get out of class. It's three o'clock. Right. Well, I'm on the air at three o'clock. Yeah. And I look up and next thing I know is five thirty. Yeah. And I'm like, what, um, did I miss something here? Yeah. So, okay, so we're talking about are you a workaholic, and we're running through the seven criteria on the Bergen work addiction scale. So you're answering never, rarely, sometimes, often, and always to these things as we go through them. And remember, I'll get this posted with the show notes uh, on the Shine FM podcast network so you can go through it yourself. You work in order to reduce feelings of guilt, anxiety, helplessness, and depression. That's when work becomes a crutch. Because it gives you an opportunity to avoid, which that's probably the wrong choice of words again, too. So I don't want to go home and deal with this problem, so I'm going to work till 10. That's right. It enables you to stuff what you feel, ignore what you feel. And so if you do that long enough, one dynamic you'll have is you'll feel numb. That's what I was just thinking. You shut your feelings off. Yeah. And so if you shut your feelings off, you're not feeling it that you're working too much. You have been told by others to cut down on work without listening. That's true. Okay, so here's where the spouse comes in. That's right. And and so for me, the vice president, we call her the vice president because she's vice president of heritage. She told me I could be president. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Thank you very much. But one of the neat things, and I really feel good about this, is because my life spins at such a rate, it travels at such a fast pace at Heritage, she has access to my schedule. And she told me yesterday, or the day before yesterday, that she's gone through our schedule we have on the computer. It's, it's a computerized internet kind of schedule f- from our billing service. And she's gone through 20, 25, blocking out my days off and my hours off Oh my. I'm like, bless you, honey. That's awesome. <laughs> See, now that's what my part of my wife's job is. She keeps calendar for a couple of the executives at her work. Uh huh. And she blocks off time for them. And then they call her and have her fill it in mm-hmm. and tell her to go, go ahead and put this in here. Somebody needs to meet. Go, I'll do that. Right. And then she says, I don't know how they're getting anything done because all they do is they meet. Right. They meet about meetings. Yeah, we and then they have a meeting about the meeting to meet. It's crazy. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how they how they get anything done, but right. anyhow. All right, All right, moving on. Good. You become stressed if you are prohibited from working. Well, yeah. Well, And then it's like, how am I going to get this stuff done? And who am I going to disappoint if I don't have it done? And we lose sight of 
What's really important? When we get through this list, I want to. Okay. I'm, I'm going to hit something with you, and we're, right. we're going to make this speed this up a little bit. You deprioritize hobbies, leisure activities, and exercise. Ooh, now I'm meddling. Uh-huh. Because of your work. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get in the way of my tea time. <laughs> no, don't get, get in the way of the tea time or the pool time. That's right, yeah. You mess with Tom's laps, and mm-hmm. you're messing with something big. So if you're a workaholic, you can answer this question. You work so much that it has negatively influenced your health, said the type 2 diabetic. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> for you. And in someone to say that the, the work load that I carried headed, I had been doing for years contributed to the illnesses I had this summer. Well, now your gallbladder doesn't have anything to do with stress. Well, Does it? Well, the body defense systems are not maybe what they could oh, be. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. All right. Yeah. You, as we went through those, if you could say what was the criteria on at least four of those? Yeah, four to five. Definitely. If you said often or always, right, you would qualify cl- clinically as a workaholic. You want to be concerned, and you probably do want to address it. Okay, now let's let's put this in a little different spin, Tom. Okay, we all work. We all believe that we should be working in our churches, right? And many of us volunteer and do different things. I was a youth director. My wife and daughter are running the children's department at our church now. Can we become workaholics? at church well yeah even though it's not our job mm-hmm. quote unquote well the, the individual who's in there whenever the doors are open or maybe even not open they're in there all the time and they're the ones volunteering for everything and it, to them it's kind of like well this is my calling right well pastors have callings also and there's definitely a term known as pastor burnout the day of rest is an example. Obviously, Sunday we're, we're in church, but having a day of rest is there for a reason, to regenerate us. I, I have to say, since I've been in semi-retirement, Scott, what an incredible blessing. I never realized how good it could be to have a three-day weekend. I was thankful when I had a two-day weekend <laughs> or a day-and-a-half weekend. <laughs> or six hours to myself on any <laughs> yeah. given Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And then to have a day off during the week, wow. And, you know, I've been able to regenerate, to relax, and realize I kind of enjoy relaxing. Praise the Lord that Heritage is where it is. And, you know, I, I have, I've mentioned him before, a pastor of pastors, a leader of right. leaders, that we've had this conversation. He says, Tom, it's time you begin to coach more of your staff and, and prepare them for taking your place. Yeah. Yeah. That that conversation I have had with other general managers in radio is what's your succession plan? And one of them is I have it, my board doesn't believe it. Wow. Yeah. Another one didn't have one. Mhm. And I'm like what's going to happen when you retire and he's got health issues? Right. Oh, well I've got this person that's going to do that. Well, yeah. But when you're gone, what happens to your four radio stations? Yeah. What's this? What's the plan? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one. And that's got me thinking. Right. You know, so I've, I haven't broached this conversation with Mark yet because it's not my place. Right. Now, but that's Mark and his board 
You know, mm-hmm. they've got to think about that. What happens to Shine FM? Mm-hmm. What happened Dr. Smith here at Mansfield Christian? What happens when he retires? Right. You know, so having that succession plan is a good thing. You're you're listening today and you know, you're teaching Sunday school and you're singing in the choir or the praise band and where is that line to draw between your work life, your volunteer life and your life? Well, and, and again, I think it comes to priorities to start with. And then when we begin to look at what is really important, I don't think that anybody's gravestone there will say, I wish I were in three more committees on a church. I don't think it's going to say that. The flowers won't grow without me committee. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I think going before the Lord in the just balance is a term that my pastor growing up used to use. The just balance that we want to have in our lives is critical. Well, listening to those we trust in our loved ones is critical. It was very humbling, but very incredibly important when we had those conversations about my future at Heritage, my, do I retire completely? Do I retire semi-retire? What's that look like? Well, listening and with an open mind, that's, that's a key thing. See, if you're in denial, then what has you in denial? What makes you want to say, I'm not going to back down. If there's truth to the fact that, that I wore myself too thin and my body defense systems were down and I got sick twice, I don't want that happening again. Right. And so I, you know, I emphasize and stress to my patients that get your schedule out there two and three weeks so you can get the time that you want because it's a more challenging schedule I have for you and for me. Clinically, I want to see people more because I think there's a need for it. But yet, you know what? The reality is that's not always possible. I had more I wanted to talk about, but Tom, time has gotten away from us in a major way. Oh my goodness. So yes. let's um let's put a let's put a pencil in this right here. Next week we will come in and we're going to talk more about being a workaholic and then tie it into being an alcoholic. There we go. And we'll cover it then. Um until then, Tom, if someone needs to chat with you, maybe they've answered some of these questions and went, I need to readjust some priorities, but I need help. Uh-huh. How can they get a hold of you to chat? Well, Scott, I can be reached at 419 419- Five two six five five two three, and I'm going to take a sip of my tea as you tell us the number in Ashland. Four one nine four nine six zero 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 seven. Tom is online at HCC Mansfield and HCCAshland.com. Next week, more of right. being a workaholic here on the session.